Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Amen. We've been talking about what it means to walk in the power of the Spirit. What it means to walk in the power of the Spirit. If you have your iPhones, you can go to Version and go to Events, and then you'll see Church on the Rock pop up if you want to follow along. There's some notes in there. And uh, you can look at the scripture too. I think that's kind of cool because a lot of times I want to write stuff down. And once you write it in you version, it's there. You can have those sermons forever logged in your phone. And you can write what God, how many believe God's going to say something to you today? So uh, you can take advantage of that. And also there's an insert if you want to pull that out. Um, hey, I let my baby go this last week. How many saw my baby on Facebook? Married. Married. Now, everybody says, how do you feel with that? Of course I don't feel good about it. That's my baby. And there's no man good enough for her. Amen? So other than that, it's okay. So um, my baby's married. I'm going to hold bitterness and a grudge that he pulled her to Springfield, Missouri, the armpit of the U.S., to live when um, it's so nice to have the winners we have up here. How many enjoy our lovely winners? But the bears are back, so that helps a little bit, amen? And I know this is the another season where we're all having hope in the bears, but um, been disappointed many times. But how many know that we can have hope in Jesus and not be disappointed, amen? So we've been talking about walking in the Spirit and, and what it means to walk in the Spirit. And I've really been pondering this, because I don't want to get up and just do a little sermonette or something. I've been pondering, what is it to walk in the Spirit? How do we walk in the Spirit? What does that life look like? And, 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 and what's that look like for me? The first thing, the starting point, to walk in the Spirit, we have to be born. We have to be born again. We're born with a human nature, but then we have to be born again with God's nature. How many know it's impossible to walk in the Spirit until you're born again? Okay? Jesus replied. He said, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water, meaning the water of the mother's womb, and of the Spirit's. Because he went on to say, humans reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to that spiritual life. How many is looking for that spiritual life to be birthed in you? Say amen today, amen? So humans produce this human life, but the Holy Spirit produces this spiritual life. I want you to look at Ezekiel chapter 36, a powerful, powerful scripture. It's prophecy about this new life that we have in him. Read it with me. Read it with me. And I will give you a new heart. Look at that. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender and a responsive heart. And I will, look at this, I will what? Put my spirit in you. How many know we can walk in the spirit? Why can we do that? Because God says, I will put my spirit in you so that you will be able to follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. So walking in the spirit, it's a practice of abiding with Jesus. And I believe walking in the spirit starts with a desire and a want to. How many have the desire and the want to? That's the starting point. How many want to walk in the Spirit? Are you enjoying where you're walking at? How many want to have fulfillment in life? How many want to walk in the fullest potential that God has? You want to walk in that spiritual life. It starts with desire and want to. And then after that is John 15, 4 through 5, 
Once we want that, the next thing is abide in me. Jesus said, if you want to walk in the spirit, you have to abide in me. And I have to abide in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branch. He who abides in me and I am him bears much fruit. Amen, everybody says bears much fruit. For without me, what can we do? What can we do without God? How are you doing at producing some love and some peace and some joy and some patience? How are you doing with that? Probably not real good because without God, it can't be produced. So I've been thinking, how's that happen? How, 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 I mean, do, how do we get God to do that? Uh, how do we hold our mouth just right? Or, or how are we supposed to think? Or what do we, how, how do we produce this fruit? How, how do we let go? How do we give God this control? This walk in the Spirit is a big question to me. Am I, how do we do it? Because we all know about it and we've all heard it. But how do we do it? Because without God, we can't do it. Abiding is, it starts with remaining in fellowship and connection with Jesus so that all God's life-giving, soul-thrilling, and joy-producing communion is flowing like sap to a tree into our life. Write this down. Abiding is all about union and communion with Jesus. Abiding is all about union and communion with Jesus. Union a lot of us have had a union with Christ. Union without communion is joyless Christianity. Union, just a union, just a talk, just a one time. Union without that abiding communion is joyless Christian life. How many is looking for the happy life, for the good life, for the walking in the spirit life? It's all about abiding in that communion. And then secondly, so there has to be that want to, that want to, that desire Followed up, followed up with a willing and an open heart to hear truth and honesty from the Holy Spirit. There starts with a want and a desire, but then, I just wrote this on the way to church. Followed up with a willing and an open heart to hear truth and honesty. Because I, I've been really trying hard to walk in the Spirit. And I've found out it starts with desire and want to. And awareness, you got to want to. But then the second thing is I'm starting to notice the more cognizant and the more aware of and the more I'm focusing on doing that, what I'm noticing is God's speaking to me. He's saying things to me. He's speaking all the time. He'll say, Brian, I wouldn't do that if I was you. And then I'll say, I I'll think, well, I shouldn't do that. But then I end up doing it. And then I hear the Lord say, I told you you shouldn't have do, did that. Now, look what you got now. He, he's, he's all the time trying to stop. He's all the time trying to tell us things. And what it is, is we're not listening. They, they, I can't hear from God. Well, my pastor hears from it. No, we can all hear from God. The Bible says that the sheep know the voice of his shepherd. And when you have a desire, a true, genuine desire to walk in the spirit, then, then the next thing is there'll be an honesty. There has to be an honesty and a willingness to listen to truth from the Holy Spirit. Notice I put from the Holy Spirit. I, I, really, I really wrestled with that this morning because I know that truth can be given to us by friends and family and people around us. But listen, sometimes people know truth about us because they live with us and it's natural and they see it. But I know that deliverance and walking in victory is all about the timing in which things are said and done, listen to me, and the heart from which it's done. 
I don't know how healthy it is to just have people start pointing out all of our faults and everywhere we need to grow and everything we need to do right. I found out that God, and listening to the Holy Spirit, he has a way of saying things to me that's very truthful and very honest, but it doesn't hurt, and it doesn't tear down, and it doesn't condemn. It's like freeing. It's, it's, like, it's like, it frees me. It's like, would you please do that again? Brian, you're a low-lab piece of trash. Would you please tell me that again? Brian, but you, you, tell me that again. Because when God tells it, they're, 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 do you guys know that the Bible says that in, in John chapter 1, it says that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Did you know that in the Greek, that grace and truth is not two words, it's one word in the Greek. In fact, uh, uh, King, New King James did, did justice to that interpretation by saying grace and truth. Because the, the, the total package and the way it works good is when truth is mixed with grace. Grace is unmerited, undeserved, unearned spiritual favor and acceptance and favor with God. So God has the ability of speaking truth into our lives, but it's packed with so much love, mercy, grace, and patience to where it produces fruits of righteousness to where we walk in that spirit. Walking in the spirit is simply... Saying, okay, that's kind of God's part. Here's a new thought. Walking in the Spirit to me is this. It's simply saying no to the flesh and yes to the Spirit. But there's a war going on. Look at that picture on the, on the screen. There is a war going on in us. There is a war. There is a dogfight. There is a fight going on inside you. How many feel it? I mean, you, you feel this. There's a fight going on between the Spirit and our flesh. The scripture even says for what our human nature wants, in Galatians 5, 17, it says what our human nature wants is just opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires opposite of what our sinful nature wants. And it prevents us from carrying out the good intentions and the good life that God wants us to walk in. How many feel that war going on? Amen. How many of you can relate with this? Look at Romans 7, 18. What I want to do, what I, I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want, to get, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I'm not really the one doing the wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. I've discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what's right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Anybody out there say amen. I love what God's, I love God's law. How many of you say, I love God? Come on, I love God. I love the Bible. I, 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 how many, is there anybody, hey, you wouldn't be here if you didn't want to please God and you didn't want to love him. I love God. I love him with all my heart. But there's another power within me. It's at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to this thing that's still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? And then he goes on and says, I thank God through Jesus Christ. And then it goes on into to Romans, and you could read it in Romans 8. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And if your Bible adds who walks after the flesh and not the spirit in, in that first verse, it's okay to cross that out because it's not in the Greek. 
It's not in the original. So, so make sure your Bibles say, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, period. I, I think it was too hard for some of the Bibles that, to translate well, we got to do, so, do something where we're doing something. We just can't uh, 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 trust in God's grace and him doing it. There's got to be a me part. So let us just add who walks not after the flesh but after the spirit. No. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who walk in Christ Jesus. Everybody say period. 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 Put a period on that. Hallelujah. Amen. C.S. Lewis said this. The natural life knows that if the spiritual life gets a hold of it, that all of its self-centeredness and self-will are going to be killed. And it is ready to fight tooth and nail to avoid that happening. How many know there's a fight going on? I love that song. These guys didn't know what I was preaching today. That fight song, that second song was talking about the fight. Okay, who wins this battle I'm going to give you one answer with the mind. Who wins this battle determined by who we allow to control us? Look at Romans 8, 5 through 6. This is a liberating scripture. And you need to read it in the Amplified. This scripture helped me a lot years ago. Those who are dominated by this sinful nature. And there are people dominated by sinful nature. I, I can be dominated by it. I can be dominated by my sinful nature. It's an everyday it's an everyday thing you have to keep maintenance of, or you will. I mean, I mean, if you don't practice, you get rusty. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, here's what happens. You think about sinful things. Hey, when you're bitter with somebody, the reason you're dominated with bitterness and unforgiveness, you're sitting there thinking about it. The reason some of you cannot move past I'm hearing God say, brothers and sisters, let's move on. Paul said, this one thing I do is I forget those things that are behind me, and I press forward to the things that are before me. But people can't press forward because they're trying to drive, and they're always looking in the rearview mirror. Brothers and sisters, uh, we're always thinking about, well, I should have done this, or I could have done this, or this was done to me. Guys, we've got to reprogram our mind to quit thinking sinful stuff. I'm telling you, your emotions are always an idiot light for what's going on inside of you. When my emotions are despair and despondent and sad and and all that, I have learned to stop and, and I have learned to stop and ask myself, Brian, what are you thinking about? And every time I do that, every time I stop and say, Brian, what are you thinking about? It's never positive. It's always critical. It's always negative. It's always not positive. It's always not good. It's always not pleasant. It's always not helpful. And so we stop. Write this down. I thought it was going to be later in the sermon. But here's what I do. I do stop Talk and walk. Stop. I just got that this morning. Stop, walk, and talk. I I beg God to to help me say something in a way that can really help us where we just don't get up here and say, oh, let's walk in the Spirit. Let's walk in the Spirit. How do you walk in the Spirit? Stop. Let your emotions stop you. Think about what you're thinking about. 
and then change your thoughts to what God says about it. Change your behaviors. Well, no, actually, actually, it's, let me back up a little bit. There's a little bit of a you part, but there's a lot of a God part. I'll be honest, okay, yesterday, I started getting ready, and I said, I don't, I, I, I'm not very, I don't, I'm not joyful today. So then rather than go and say, hey, Carmen, I'm not joyful today. Because um, how many know they get tired of hearing that? People get tired of that, uh, being around stick in the muds all the time, okay? So, so I just said, Lord, I'm not joyful today. Why am I not joyful? And, and, and then the, the Lord showed me with his voice what I was thinking about. It didn't take a rocket scientist to see why I didn't have joy. So then I said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And, and, and then I said, Lord, can you just make those stops? Stop, talk. Lord, can you... I'm I'm preaching on walking in the Spirit, and it says that the Spirit's the one that produces the fruit. Obviously, I'm not able to produce the fruit because I've tried for 30 years to produce fruit. I can't produce the fruit. So I got to figure out how God's going to produce the fruit. And here's what, call it simple. To me, you try something, it works for me. I stop, I talk, and I say, Lord, I pray you fill my heart with joy and laughter. I pray that you, and, and, and I, don't, I don't even take time to arrest the thoughts and, and handcuff them and all that. I just start praising God that he is my joy. And you know what? Something spiritual happens. And I'm going to say this. Something spiritual happens every time. No. If I'll do that, God's faithful. Something happens every time. When I submit my will to God and I talk to him and I ask him to do it, I, he does it for me. And I figure if he does it for me, he'll do it for you. Amen? So, so think about, they think about these things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. What are you thinking about? Is it pleasing God? I, this is simple. It's simple. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to what? Life and peace. How many is looking for life and peace? Let's walk in the Spirit. Guys, I am giving you some things today by the Spirit of the God that can help us to walk out what God's called us. Your mind's always going to, you know what? Your mind is going to believe what you tell it. Feed it faith, feed it truth, feed it love. Amen. Walking in the Spirit is submitting your will to God, saying no to the flesh, and yes, I'm going to walk in the Spirit. Look at this picture on the board. Instead of using, well, pastor, I'm only human. I'm only human. As an excuse to walk in the flesh, let us use I'm saved as a reason to walk in the Spirit. Amen? So let's talk a little bit about this point. The power of the Spirit working in us is how this new life happens. Again, I'm like, mm, how do you squeeze out some joy? Mm, how, do you, how, how do you do it? Guys, I, I, I'm honest. I think I've, been at a, I think I've been at a failure, been a failure to that. To me, these things, I, I don't just get up here and preach stuff to you. I preach stuff I'm doing. And I am finding out these things are working. Well, I'm telling you. So if you, if you try these things, they'll work for you. But, but I've been saying uh, the power of the Spirit working in us is, here, here, here's the other reason. 
that I've come to. You, you know, when, when you hit 50, that's what I am. But, but before 50, you've got all this ambition and desire and want to and drive and push and all this to where you can kind of get by in life. But there's a certain time, and some of you older ones know what I'm talking about. There comes a time to where you say, my job isn't going to change, and my situations aren't going to change. Guys, I've been pastoring 30 years, and it's not going to change. It's not going to change the pressure, the stress, the expectations people put on you, sometimes falsely. The the, the what people, I mean, that's not going to change. So one of two things got to happen. I've either got to change occupations or I've got to learn to walk in the Spirit. Same thing for you all. Don't, don't look at me like I'm some yahoo. Same with you. That, that you don't like your job anymore. You don't have passion for life. You don't, you don't have passion. I mean, Carmen and I have been thinking about, I mean, I'm, Carmen told me the other day, uh, on her day off, it used to be going to the store and, and going to Geneva and stuff like that spun her up and that was life and satisfaction and happiness to her and and, because she had four kids just get out of the house you know what I mean but you know what she's saying that doesn't work for her anymore so so we're looking at what works for us guys I'm telling you there was a word in the spirit today called transition Carmen was hitting it on there's a transition we're not talking about transition in the spirit God's wanting to transition in the church there's a transition that God is doing in your life the, the, the way you've been going about things changes over time. And you have to look at new ways and new, new things, okay? So in order to walk in the Spirit, there has to be an awakening, an enlightenment, an understanding of who we are in Christ and what the Holy Spirit can do through us. Look at this scripture, Ephesians 1.18. I pray your hearts will be flooded with light. In other words, that the eyes of your heart would be opened and lightened so we can see. I pray that your hearts can see this while I'm preaching today. So that you can understand, you can have insight and revelation of the, this hit me, of the, everybody say confident hope. Everybody say that again, confident hope. I felt like the Lord say we need to be confident that things can be good. We need to be confident that we can walk in the spirit and that we will and can and are overcoming through Jesus. There needs to be a confidence and a hope because we're called. There needs to be a confidence and a hope. Man, we're called. We are called to be holy people. So, so if, you feel like, if you feel like you're an unholy people, say, say you feel unholy, that you feel like you got lots of sin and wrong stuff going on in your, in your life. Well, the first thing, is, and you're thinking this, it's never going to change. I'm always going to be under this. I'm always going to be in bondage to this. I'm always going to have this issue. I'm always going to have this difficulty. So, so you lose that confidence and that hope. But God says that he wants the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened today. He he wants to pull a blanket or a veil off your heart and to put hope back in your heart and some confidence back in your heart that you can have some joy in this life, that you can have some peace in your situations, that that you're not always going to keep messing stuff up with with your words and and, and, and the way you are, that you can change. There's hope. If you feel like you're a person that's always messing up and that's always sinning and all this, the first thing, our eyes have to be enlightened that we, we are called to be holy people. And we can be holy people. We need to, Paul even said, we need to awake to righteousness. In other words, wake up and say, we are the righteous, we are righteous in Christ. 
We need to be able to wake up and say, I am holy. We need to be able to wake up and say, I am accepted of God. We need to be able to wake up and say, I do have joy. We need to be able to wake up and say, I can walk in peace, gentleness, patience, long-suffering. I can produce through the Spirit self-control. My eyes are enlightened, and I know that the Spirit can do this through me. I have confident hope of that. And then he goes on to say, because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I pray that we would walk in righteousness to walk. Um, Three things here. I pray that we would awake and be enlightened. I pray that we'd be confident and realize that God's hope and calling is for us to walk in a new life. And I pray that we'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power to us. That we would wake up, that we'd be enlightened, that we'd become aware, aware of the power of the Spirit working in us. That we'd become aware that the power of the Spirit is working in us to produce the fruit in our lives, not us producing. Amen. Awake to this. I wrote this down yesterday when I was trying to understand this. I am righteous by the blood of Jesus. I am right standing with God, and his blood has forgiven me, and his, and his death has canceled the power of sin in my life. But God, my prayer is that I would walk in righteousness. I don't want to be in right standing with God. I want to walk in righteousness every day, every second, every hour. I want to quit. I want to walk in righteousness in this life. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to walk in this new birth we read about in, 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 in Ezekiel 36. I want to walk in this new birth and not in the old nature that's in my flesh. Let me awake to righteousness. Let me awake and, and sin not and let, let me walk in my new spirit and my new life daily. Awake righteousness and sin of the flesh die. Awake joy. Be delivered from sadness, sorrow, and distress. Awake and walk in your new spirit and be dead to the flesh of your old sin nature. Awake to God's nature. Awake to a new spirit. Awake to a new man. Awake to a new woman. Awake to love. Awake to joy. Awake to peace. Awake to patience and gentleness. Awake to self-control. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. Awake to the new spirit that he has put in your heart. Awake to this new you. Walk in the new you. And you will not fulfill the lust and the passions and the nature of your old flesh. For you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, you are new. You're a new man. You're a new woman who walks in obedience, yielded and subjected unto the Holy Spirit and walking in perfect unity with the Spirit which is in you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. The kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Your kingdom of righteousness come. Your peace come. Your joy in the Holy Spirit come as we learn to walk in the Spirit. Walk with the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Stop, talk, and walk. You know what? There's no law needed when you practice walking in the Spirit. First, I want you to see Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I want you to see this. Read this with me. Read it with me. But the Holy Spirit produces. Stop, stop. Do that again. But the Holy Spirit produces. Who does it? 
I, I've been trying to do it for all these years. We've got to get out of the natural, brothers and sisters. Oh, man, we've got to get out of the natural. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit. Read it with me in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Look at this. There is no law against these things. You know what? You don't even need do's and don'ts. Should and shouldn't. You don't even need a guide or a handbook on how to. If we practice walking in the Spirit, you will fulfill everything. And let me even break it down. Even uh, we, we have all these gifts of the Spirit. Let's even break it down to one thing. Look at Romans 13, 8 through 10. 8 through 10, it says this. Owe nothing to anyone except, except your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will what? If you love your neighbor, you won't commit adultery. If you love, you won't murder. If you love, you won't talk about people with your mouth behind their back. If you love, you will not do these things. Because that's of the flesh and it's sinful in nature. But we have a desire to walk in the spirit. You won't steal from people. You won't covet. These and other commandments are summed up in this one thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. Because love doesn't do wrong. Love fulfills all the righteous requirements of the Lord. God produces this fruit. God produces this fruit in us. And I want us to realize that he can do this. Now, I want to put one more thing here. All that's kind of been on God. But on us, it's time to practice. It's time to practice. If you guys can put up that, that um, no, the other one, the next one, please, that. We need to have intentional spiritual formation. Because you're being formed intentionally or unintentionally. Unintentionally, you're being formed by stories you've heard, things you believed, and, and then you, instead of practice, it's habits. Instead of community, it's the culture and the place we live in. And, and, uh, and then instead of the Holy Spirit, our environment. So, so people are, have been formed over time by, by truths, by stories they've heard, things people told them that, that, that may not have an ounce of truth in it. And then just habits. Hey, is every habit a good habit? How many of you got habits? And, and, but Christians have intentional spiritual formation. And intentional spiritual formation is based on the Word of God. To where we see and we hear teaching from the Word of God. Today, we have heard teaching from the Word of God. You can, do, you can be a doer of what you've heard preached today, or you can be a hearer only and walk out and nothing's changed. I, I can actually tell by just looking at people's faces how, how people are going to leave today. Really, I, if I took every person and, and I got to, to say yes or no, if their life was going to change after today, I would be pretty doggone accurate because I've done this so many years. I can tell by the way you're listening today. I can tell by, I can see. 
I can, I, I, I can see in hearts. Some people's lives are getting ready to change for the better. And some of you are just going to stay like you are. And God bless you. I feel sorry for you because it could be a lot better. It really could. It could be a lot better. It could be a whole lot better. Amen. But, the, but with intentional, you hear teaching and then practice and then you practice in community and then instead of environment, the Holy Spirit is our environment. Everything's in him. And then over time and through hard knocks of life, we become that person that we want to be. On practice, on practice, how many times do you have to practice, Alex, before it becomes second nature? How many? A million? Alex, um, how many of you remember Clay Guido, MMA fighter? Alex trained him. I mean, Alex has him in MMA studio in, in, in Schaumburg area. He, he has some prize fighters that he changed, that he trains. But I was talking to Alex the other day, and he was talking about all the things that, that he teaches his fighters and the discipline. And we were talking about how long do you have to practice something before it becomes second nature? And I believe you do have to practice these things. That, that, that stop, walk, or that stop, talk, and walk, you got to practice that. You got to practice that. You have to intentionally practice that. You have to intentionally practice this teaching, okay? How many times does it take to where it becomes second nature? A million? A million? Alex said this to me, what number are you on? That's what he says to his fighters. What number are you on to when this arm comes up like this that you automatically know how to do the right technique to block that? How many times of practice do you have to, I wish I knew your stuff, to where they're trying to kick your leg or something and you know what you need to do to prevent that assault? How many times? And then Alex, when his people are getting undisciplined and not training hard and not practicing hard, then he'll say, hey, this has to be second nature to you if you're going to be a winner. It takes a million times of practice. What number are you on? That hit me. Steve Curry, shooting free throws. Practice. What happens if Steve Curry quits practicing free throws? He gets rusty. He starts missing them. He practices over and over. How many putts does Dustin Johnson do? How many times does he go back to his coach and learn again? And, and, and have to, to, to learn it again? How many times did Edison go before he got the light bulb? How many times does a carpenter put up a wall until it's second nature? How many times do you do your new computer program before you don't have to go back to the book and it starts to become second nature? Brian, how many times do you read that menu on making food to where it becomes second nature? How many times do you practice it? How many times do you practice it? How many times does how many times do you mix that drink at Starbucks to where you can do it without even thinking and without even measuring? Practice. 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 As the musicians are coming, I want to end with this scripture in Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. The Holy Spirit helps us to do this. To me, um, to me. To me, Christianity has turned into everybody comes and watches a guy do a lecture. 
And some of you don't like it when I say this, but that's going to have to be your issue, not mine. But, um, but, but, but church, a lot of people come in, and church is nothing but a stand and a lecture from the pastor, and nobody practices anything. Brothers and sisters, our men have grabbed onto this. Mike, where are you at? Mike and some of you guys, Chad, Mike's in the back. You guys have grabbed on this. Where I think you even call your men's group or something the dojo or something. We need to change churches from lecture halls to dojos. To where there's some practice going on. That there's some community going on. I, and and, and I, I believe that. So the Holy Spirit needs to help us. I want us to stand to our feet today and get everything out of your hands. But we're going to practice some waxing on and waxing off, all right? Everybody take your left hand and go wax on. Take your right hand and go wax off. How many remember the movie? Now let's pat your head. I never could do that. (laughs) All right, You, you don't have to do this, but if you want to, have fun with this. Look at this scripture. Guys, get the scripture in Colossians. I wanna do this together. I wanna do this together. Colossians, therefore put to death. No, you're too far on there, I think. Okay, let's do this. We're going to wax off. Therefore put to death. Wax off the members which are on this earth. Let's wax off sexual impurity. Let's wax off uncleanliness. Let's wax off passion and evil desire and covetousness. Wax it off. Let's wax that off. Next slide. Because these things, the wrath of God is coming upon disobedience. Next slide. In which you yourselves once lived when you were in them. Next slide. But now you, you're, you're, yourselves are to put all of these. Let's wax off anger. No more anger. Let's wax off wrath and malice and blasphemy. Hey, let's wax off some filthy language out of our mouth today. And let's don't lie. Let's wax off some lying since you put off the old man with its deeds. And let's, let's do some wax on. Let's wax on a new man. Woo! Let's wax off the old man and let's wax on the new man. Amen. Back up. You didn't let me finish that. Amen. Let's wax on the new man and the knowledge according to the image. Let's, let's wax on that new image of him that's created us. Next slide. Where there's neither Jew nor Greek nor uncircumcision nor barbarian, slave or free, Christ is all in all. Let's, because we're the elect of God, let's wax on some holiness. Let's wax on some tender mercy. Let's wax on some kindness and humility. Let's wax on some meekness. Let's wax on some long-suffering. Amen. How many is ready to wax off some flesh? And let's wax on some spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to, um, you can be seated. We're going to take communion today. We're going to take communion today. We know that walking in the Spirit begins with being born again. So everybody here today, if if you can just look at me, born again is when you just ask Jesus that you've been living your own life And born again is a choice to where you're saying, I want to start living my life, not for me anymore. I want to live it for God. I want to ask Jesus into my heart. 
And everybody here, if you're a Christian, that means you've asked Jesus in your heart. So how many Christians do we have in the house? Give the Lord a hand clap today. Okay? But if, if, you're, if you're not a Christian today, if you're not a Christian today, you can be. You can be. It's not difficult. You heard the word. The Bible says that you've heard the word. All you got to do now is what you've heard, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart and you can be saved. So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ and he's not your Lord and Savior, today when we take communion, I'm going to have a special table right here. And if you have not asked Jesus in your heart, I want you to come and I want to take your first communion with you today. And I'll pray with you to ask Jesus into your heart. You know, something that was exciting at my daughter's wedding the other day, um, I gave her away. Eric's dad preached the sermon. I was just dad that day. But one thing I did get to do is I got to do Holy Communion. I got to have communion for the first time with Eric and Logan Mooney as husband and wife. And that was so special. Well, today, I want to have communion for the first time with somebody here that doesn't know Jesus. It's incredible. So it's going to take some courage to like stand up and walk to the front. I know that, and it's hard. It really is. But you'll be glad you did it. Amen. You'll be glad you did it. So I'm going to invite you to the, to the table. And then the other person I want to invite to the table is if you've been saved, but, you, but you've really not been walking in the Spirit. You're really not walking with God. You just kind of have the title Christian. You're not really walking with God. I want you also to join me at the table because we want to hit the reset button today. Amen. How many know there's a reset? There's a new beginning. Okay, so they're going to sing a song, and then there's one more thing we're going to do after communion. They're going to sing a song, and it might be easier to stay seated while they're singing, and they're going to pass the communion trays down back and forth. But seriously, the two people, the two people to come to the table is if you want to ask Jesus in your heart, or the second one is if you've been saved but you want to start walking, save just Christian name only. You haven't been walking with God. You want to change that today. I want you to come to the table. Amen. Brayden, as you're singing a song, I want those two people to come to the table. Those two types of people. Come to this table that we've provided today. Would you come today? If you've not been walking with God and you want to change that today. If you've never known Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, come to this table. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.